I'm way more comfortable talking about bourbon. Hi, welcome to the Soul Blazers podcast, hosted by Dr. Kara Osborne and Amanda Ware, our two incredibly successful entrepreneurs. Kara and Amanda are always referencing their ventures, and we wanted to provide additional resources to explain the different companies. Today's episode is on Blaze Bourbon. So, so during the pandemic, probably for the first time in my life, because I'm kind of a nomad, I've always bounced around a lot, and this was probably my seven stress response. I never felt homesick a day in my life. I'm just not wired like that. I loved camp as a kid. I love. I've always loved to travel. I used to like hear other kids say that they wanted to go home and think, "What the hell is wrong with you? Like, we're having a great time here." Like, I I, I really didn't get it. And then for the first time in my life during the pandemic. You know, I've lived all over the place, but I always went back home to Eastern Kentucky a lot. Like, especially for as far away as I lived, I went home at least once a quarter and probably more than that most of the time. The minute somebody told me I couldn't go because travel was closed down and, you know, we were all on lockdown. And as an epidemiologist by training, uh, no silly, give us two weeks statement by anybody in government uh, ever caught my attention because it was clear to me from the get-go this was going to be a year or two to work through this because we didn't respond as a country the way we could have and should have. So one of the ways I kind of decided to work through my feeling of being homesick for the first time was getting interested in bourbon and the bourbon business and I was teaching entrepreneurship and I was trying to teach highly regulated industry and I was teaching it about healthcare because healthcare is highly regulated and there's a triangulated payer system with the health insurance it's not just a provider to consumer direct interaction with health insurance involved and I was teaching it to undergrads and they did not give a shit about healthcare. They all think they're invincible. They're not at a place in life where they want to think about health insurance. So interestingly, the three-tier system for alcoholic beverage distribution in the U.S. works a lot like the health insurance system. There are three, three parts of it. The producer, whoever made the product, and then it has to go through a wholesaler. And then the wholesaler has to sell it into retail and there's markup at every part of that. So it was good to really think about pricing structures and all those things. So once I really got into the project, I started creating a business plan and sort of interacting with the students around ideas and Steve and I. Time out. You'd mi- you didn't mention you started Missing Kentucky and then you were like, I want to create bourbon. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't miss that part. Okay, I love that. Because you, because Kentucky is the only place that it can say made in Kentucky. It is Amer- the only American spirit, right? So bourbon, as a, um, is is highly regulated even as a product. So there are all these rules about what bourbon has to be. It can only be four grains. Um, there are regulations about the proof when it comes off the steel, the proof when it goes in the barrel, the kind of barrel you have to use. People often think that bourbon is just from Kentucky and it's not. It can be made anywhere in the U.S. and still be called bourbon. But the label has to say where it was distilled and where it was aged. And in 1964, Congress 
made bourbon America's native spirit, just like champagne can only come from the Champagne region of France. Everything else has to be sold as sparkling wine or Prosecco. You can only make champagne from champagne, you know. Tequila has to come from Mexico to be called tequila. So in the U.S., our native spirit, the only truly unique to the U.S. spirit is bourbon. So in getting interested in the whole business, I went through the whole design process of picking a bottle and a label, and it was great because it was just following the breadcrumbs of like the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and it was fun, and I was probably in seven mode, so I had way more energy, and Steve and I got married somewhere in there, and so the bourbon was called Blaze, which is my middle name, and Brooks, which is his last name, and, you know, sort of the fire and water connotation, and whiskey has, you know, affectionately or not been called fire water in the past, and so we thought it was all very clever, and it was kind of a no-fail business plan because... The other thing about bourbon is that <clears throat> it's highly allocated, and here in Arkansas, we just weren't getting any good bourbon. Like, people would say, like, oh, you're from Kentucky, what should I buy? And it's like, well, I could give you a whole list, but none of it's available in your, like, local liquor store. So we decided to go see if we could do it. We bootstrapped it. We just paid for it from savings and... Um, hired some consultants. I would always recommend that if you're starting something that you don't know anything about, hire people that do. It's always worth it to have a coach or a consultant because they'll save you tons of time and money that you would waste trying to figure it out on your own. And this will come down the pike. We're eventually going to have a little nuts and bolts entrepreneurship kind of course that's aimed at exactly that, like saving you from wasting time and money on stuff that is just an easy way to jump through some hoops and save yourself a little time and money. Uh, it's always worth hiring an expert, somebody who's done it, so that you don't have to go through the whole trial and error. Yeah, we got to talk about that because I wouldn't even know where to find someone like that. I'd be like, Google? I don't know. Now I'd go to ChatGPT or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's lots of options out there now. Actually, I think online courses have, like, just proliferated post-pandemic. Um, but asking somebody who's already in the industry, like, go, f you know, in my case, I was interested in booze, so I went and found somebody who was running a distillery. Use your networks. Use LinkedIn. Just DM them on Instagram or whatever. You'll be surprised. People want to help people who are trying to start things. Totally. Like, we all want it to be easier for the person behind us. Sure. It's like it makes our suffering a little less miserable if we can help somebody else, you know, do it a little better and a little faster. So that bourbon brand actually did pretty well. People did like it. People did drink it. We were very pleased with the response and started thinking about what to do with it next. And we have now... Um, teamed up with a national production partner. It's a group called Atomic Brands. They have a cocktail, ready-to-drink cocktail called Monaco, and they were looking at creating a spirits portfolio, so we've licensed the brand to them, and in the next few months, it's something we'll talk about on the podcast, actually, but in the next few months, we'll be doing a launch as just Blaze instead of Blaze and Brooks. We'll keep Blaze and Brooks as sort of the original, the OG, the like heritage label, but 
uh, Blaze, not just because it's my middle name, um, but uh, the branding is all around what we're talking about. It's all around like um, entrepreneurship and sort of the willingness to like let a spark become an ember, let the ember become an inferno, like set stuff on fire, like don't be afraid to burn it all down and start over. You've got to be willing to, you know, fan your own flame. And so a lot of the branding will really be very much in line with the things we're talking about. And hopefully it'll start to be available probably first in Kentucky and Arkansas, but then really in a lot of places. It's exciting. It is. So it's really proud exciting. Yeah. And it's me doing the part that I'm good at, which is the sort of ideation and branding and creation, but without spending a ton of time and energy on the production side, like teaming up with partners who are really good at that. And you don't have to do everything yourself. You need to find ways to do the part that makes your heart sing, the part that you're good at and the part that you're excited about and want to do, and then find the right people to do the parts that certainly maybe you're competent in and maybe you needed to do them at the very beginning to so you would know what you needed. Sometimes you need to do all the jobs so you even know what to hire somebody for. But then once it's at a place where you can find partners or a partner, you know, sort of appears on your radar, you know, I think sometimes people are afraid to have partners. They're afraid of it not working out or there being conflict or whatever. And I, it's hard for me to think of an example where things are not better together. Like bringing people with different sets of expertise and skills is not better than trying to do something by yourself. I agree. I completely agree. We've both done, been on both sides of that. Totally. Yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm really excited about Blaze. Thanks, me too, yeah. And in some ways, you know, it's me stepping into a place of saying, like, Steve's always with me. He's a part of everything I do. You know, people have been funny about, like, oh, you know, you took his name off the bottle. It's not that at all. It's actually even almost more about him and for him because this is something that, I can do and that can benefit us as a couple and I can tell our story and he doesn't have to work so hard you know he's the one who's like carried the water on so many of his partnerships he's often the one who carries the majority of the weight and in some ways I feel like hopefully this is him getting to like do the fun part and the promotion and us going to go do tastings without it feeling heavy and hard and like a ton of work. Yeah, that's great, it's exciting.